Welcome to journeywithjesus.net, a weekly webzine for the global church. I'm Daniel B. Clendenin. My essay this week is called The Kitchen Made of Emmaus, Three Paintings in a Poem. It's based upon the lectionary readings for Sunday, May the 4th, 2014. We don't really know that there was a maid in the kitchen at Emmaus. Luke chapter 24 doesn't mention her in his post-resurrection dinner story, but it's the genius of artistic imagination to express an unspoken truth. Thanks to two paintings by Diego Velazquez, 1599-1660, and a poem about his paintings by Denise Levertov, 1923-1960, to 1997. We can relive the numinous shock of an ordinary person when she realized that the rumors of resurrection were true. By the time that Cleopas and his unnamed companion had walked with Jesus the seven miles from Jerusalem to Emmaus, the evening darkness had descended upon them. When Jesus acted as if he would continue walking, they implored him, stay with us, for the day is almost over. And so, their dinner at Emmaus. During the day, the men had not recognized Jesus. But at dinner, we read, their eyes were opened, and they understood what had happened. They immediately returned to Jerusalem and told how Jesus would recognize by them when he broke the bread. It is true, they said, the Lord has risen. <clears throat> Unless we entertain the preposterous notion that the men cooked their own meal and served themselves, there had to be a woman behind the scenes at the dinner at Emmaus. But Luke leaves her unnamed and unmentioned. And herein is the genius of Velazquez and Levertov. Their artistic fictions imagine a historical reality. Veliquez painted two versions of the kitchen maid. It's the earliest known work by him, painted when he was about 18. The copy in the Art Institute of Chicago shows only the mulatto maid. And for many decades, the second version in the National Gallery of Ireland in Dublin also showed only the servant girl. But when the Dublin painting was cleaned in 1933, it revealed Jesus and the two men in the distant background of the upper left corner. Clearly, the Dublin version was the dinner at Emmaus. The main figure and visual center point in both paintings is the kitchen maid in the foreground. Jesus and the men are relegated to a back room in the background. In fact, we see them only through a window-like opening or a hole in the wall. Velazquez depicts the maid as a mulatto, the offspring of a Spanish Christian and an African Muslim. Barry Wind has commented that the Hispanic antipathy of that day toward Moors would have considered them lazy, 
lubricius and figuratively subhumium, subhuman. And so the subject of this painting is a person marginalized at every level by her race, religion, gender, and class. While the men speak of spiritual matters in the back, she's hard at work in the kitchen. The woman is badly distracted. In her left hand, she holds a ceramic jug of wine. She's glancing over her right shoulder, listening carefully to the backroom conversation. She bends over to support herself. The stunned expression on her face indicates that her eavesdropping has confirmed her suspicion. And so she's in a state of shock at having recognized the man she's serving. Whereas the men had been blind to the identity of Jesus, even when he was with them for a seven-mile walk, the Moorish maid recognized the risen Christ while working in the mundane context of a kitchen. God is found in the pots, said Teresa of Avila. Denise Levertov's poem, which is called The Servant Girl at Emmaus, a painting by Velazquez, reimagines this moment. We know from a note of hers that she had seen the painting in Ireland. It's what's called an exphrasis, that is, a literary description that illuminates a visual work of art. Levertov's poem is a meditation on Veliquez's painting. Listen to her poem. She listens, listens, holding her breath. Surely that voice is his, the one who had looked at her once across the crowd as no one had ever looked, had seen her, had spoken as if to her. Surely those hands were his, taking the platter of bread from hers just now, hands he'd laid on the dying and made well. And surely that face, the man they'd crucified for sedition and blasphemy, the man whose body disappeared from its tomb, the man it was rumored now some women had seen this morning, alive. Those who had brought this stranger home to their table don't recognize yet with whom they sit. But she in the kitchen, absently touching the wine jug she's to take in, a young black servant intently listening, swings round and sees the light around him and is sure. Like Velasquez's painting, Levertov's poem focuses not on Jesus or his companions, but on the maid. She's having an interior conversation with herself. As she listens to the men in the back room, she realizes that she's encountered Jesus before. At first, it's his voice, then his gaze, his healing hands that now took the bread from her, and finally, his face. The repetition of Shirley three times indicates her growing shock 
that this is Jesus risen from the dead. Luke's story is often read as a Eucharistic text, and for good reason. Luke 24 says that Jesus, quote, took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Those words are verbatim identical to all three accounts of the Lord's Supper in the Synoptic Gospels. And we read in Luke 24, 31, it was precisely when Jesus broke the bread that their eyes were open, a detail that Luke repeats a second time in Luke 24, 35. Then the two told the other disciples what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by him when he broke the bread. There's actually a third painting by Velazquez called The Supper at Emmaus. It now hangs in the Metropolitan Museum of Art in New York. It's very conventional. It depicts only Jesus, Cleopas, and his companion at the Eucharistic moment when they recognize the risen Lord in the breaking of the bread. I prefer the Dublin and Chicago versions and Levertov's poem about them. In them, the maid serves the bread. She doesn't take the bread. She's an observer and not a participant of the Eucharist, a mulatto outsider rather than a Spanish insider. But it was the men who didn't believe the resurrection report of the women and who were blind to the Christ who was right in front of them. Whereas it was an African Muslim kitchen maid who testified first to the resurrected Lord. For books this week, I review a title called Band of Angels, The Forgotten World of Early Christian Women. The author is Kate Cooper, New York Overlook Press, 2013, 342 pages. In two previous scholarly monographs, Kate Cooper examined the role of virginity, women, and the family in early Christianity in ancient Roman society. The first book was called The Virgin and the Bride, Harvard University Press, 1996. And the second book was called The Fall of the Roman Household, Cambridge University Press, 2007. So, she's the perfect person to write this different type of book. It's written at a popular level for a general audience. She personalizes this history in her preface by recalling her relationship with her own mother. Writing about the mothers and daughters of the early church is difficult. Roman antiquity was a man's world in which most women were invisible to history. There's a paucity of sources. It's often difficult to know whether to read the sources we do have as historical truth, pious fiction, or some combination of the two. Cooper acknowledges that there are many unanswerable questions in this work of historical recovery, 
and that in some ways the book is an exercise of the imagination. But all along the way, we're in the hands of a careful scholar who's passionate about her subject. Cooper writes about women from all walks of life, beginning with Chloe, who's mentioned only one time in the Bible, 1 Corinthians 1, and the many women who were everywhere in the Gospel of Luke. Some of these women were unknown peasants. Others were business owners, desert monastics, slaves like Blandina, martyrs like Perpetua, who kept a prison diary that has survived, mothers of famous men like Helena, the mother of Constantine, and empresses. Some were super-wealthy patrons of the church, like Olympias and Melania the Elder. Proba was a poet. Whatever their social location, they all shaped the first 500 years of Christianity in countless ways. Once again, Kate Cooper, Band of Angels, The Forgotten World of Early Christian Women. For movies this week, I review a title called Francis Ha, 2012. In the last fleeting image of director Noah Baumbach's wry comedy, we learn something about Francis's Ha's name that crystallizes the entire theme of the movie. That this perky but hapless 27-year-old is still trying to learn who she is and her place in the world. She says she's a dancer, but the director offers her the job of secretary. She broke up with her boyfriend, and her buddies kid her that she's quote-unquote undateable. When a restaurant rejects her credit card, she confesses to her dining partner, I'm so embarrassed, I'm still not a real person yet. She bounces around from one friend's apartment to the other. Even her best friend Sophie is a flashpoint for friction. Nonetheless, she insists, I'm trying to be proactive about my life. Ha, played by Greta Gerwig, who along with Bombeck wrote the film, proves that coming, coming of age can mean 27 rather than 17. Filmed in black and white, many critics have loved this film, including a 93% on the tomato meter. Once again, Francis Ha from 2012. And finally, for poetry this week, we've posted a poem by Denise Levertov, 1923 to 1997. It's called Primary Wonder. Days pass when I forget the mystery. Problems insoluble and problems offering their own ignored solutions jostle for my attention. They crowd its antechamber along with a host of diversions, like courtiers wearing their colored clothes, cap and bells. And then, once more, the quiet mystery is present to me. The throng's clamor recedes. The mystery that there is anything, anything at all, 
let alone cosmos, joy, memory, everything, rather than void. And that, O oh Lord, Creator, hallowed one, you still, hour by hour, sustain it. Denise Levertov, the title of the poem, Primary Wonder. Thank you for joining us at journeywithjesus.net for Sunday, May the 4th, 2014. I'm Daniel B. Clendenin.